This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. and welcome to Love You Mom, an Alzheimer's story. Wow, where do I begin? In last week's podcast, we talked about our team coming up with a plan to deal with COVID and a valued member struggling with the disease of Alzheimer's. This was back in June 2020, and in this week's episode, episode number six, I will tell you about our summer with mom, the highs and the lows, the fun, the laughs, tears, and changes, and how we adapted as my mom's Alzheimer's continued to get worse. Thank you to all of our new followers on the podcast platforms. If you haven't yet followed or subscribed, please push that button. This will allow you to receive notifications when we release a new podcast, and it helps us push the podcast out into the internet so that other people can find it. Comments on the podcast and shares to your friends also really help. We feel like there are a lot of people that could be helped or find solace in this story, and we want to bring it to the largest possible audience. So thank you so much for your help. Thank you for listening. Thank you for going onto YouTube, pushing the subscribe button, and watching, watching our weekly videos that we're putting out regarding the show. We, we are grateful and we appreciate it so much. And now let's get to the show. The summer of 2020 was a busy one. We were coming up to McCall every Thursday through Saturday and then cramming 40 plus hours of work a week into four days while we were back in Nampa Sunday through Wednesday. Every time we came back to Nampa, it'd be a mad dash to get everything done. We would arrive home around 7 p.m. each Saturday and I'd immediately begin to wash clothes and clean out the cooler. The next day, I would just fold up those clothes and put them back in our bags. We'd be leaving again on Thursday. Sunday, I usually had three houses to clean, and Chris worked a 12-hour shift at the psych hospital. Sunday was also my get-us-ready-for-the-weekday, so I would wash our towels and bedding, mow and water the lawn, pay any bills, and try to look forward into the week so we, that we were prepared for whatever was coming. 
Sunday through Tuesday, Chris and I would only see each other from about 8 to 10 p.m. because of his 12-hour shifts, and we'd catch each other up then on whatever I may have heard from John about Mom, as well as what our days both held. Wednesday was Chris's day off, and usually he would drive for DoorDash or Uber or Lyft, but when we started going to McCall, his Wednesday became our prep day. He would stock us up on food for the week at Winco and usually pick up Duchess's pills and run other errands. Thursday morning came and Chris would have his ukulele lesson at 9 a.m. while I would start getting us ready. If I hadn't had a chance to clean the house on Sunday, I would clean bathrooms in the kitchen, maybe vacuum so that we could come home to a clean place. Really helped having a system and a plan, but it totally took away any spontaneity. Chris would come home and we'd prepare food for the week, usually cooking some sort of meat and Chris's famous eggs. And for this recipe, you can go to our website, toastedmarshmallowadventures.com. We usually cooked this way, meat and eggs, because we tend to eat keto for the most part. And after we were finished during that, we'd start loading the car. Our dog Duchess would start to get excited because she knew the routine. She would start to follow us around the house as if to tell us not to leave her. We would reassure her that she was coming with us. We weren't going to leave our little favorite duchess behind. She would get anxious, though, and when it got to be too much, we would give her a rawhide or a chewy and put her outside to attempt to get her to relax before we left. We would load containers of our prepared food into the cooler and put keto snacks in the bag that would be in the car with us. We'd load the little pop cooler that sat behind the seats with pop and ice and get our duffels with our clothes into the car. Next, we'd load any accessories that went with the activity we were doing that weekend. So if we were kayaking, we'd make sure we had life preservers, water shoes, paddles, whistles in case there was an emergency, and dry bags to hold our nest essentials. When we brought our bikes to McCall, we'd bring our helmets, bike water, bottles, and biking shoes, depending on what kind of terrain we were biking. Other times, Chris would bring a hydration pack, a three-legged stool for all of our remote picnics, and our two-person floaty, because you never know when you might need that for a fun activity. Next, we'd load bikes, kayaks, and I think one time we brought our paddle boards, but the chance to use them never came up so we brought them home for the season. And then finally, we would load Duchess's bed and the dipper herself, turning on the car AC or heat to accommodate our senior citizen pup. Dipper, as we usually called Duchess, would get very nervous even when looking through the glass door from outside when her bed would leave the room. If she was inside, she'd run after it in her slow granny way, but for her, it was a run. It was usually difficult to get her to go potty before we left because she was so excited, and we'd say, okay then, you've got to hold it until McCall. If we didn't have to, we usually didn't stop after we left the Boise area. Sometimes we'd run errands on the way out of town, and when we were close to our destination time, I'd text John, our ETA. A lot of times we would have already gotten a text from John asking when we were going to arrive and I never really knew how to take that. Was he just curious? Was he super ready for a break because it'd been a tough week with mom? Or was something planned that I either didn't know about or completely forgot about? Some weeks were so busy that they were kind of a blur, running from one thing to the next. 
it's a pretty trip up to McCall via Highway 55 or Highway 95, and a couple of months into our plan, we only went Highway 95. There'd been a couple of big accidents on 55, and it seemed safer to go 95. It's 10 to 20 minutes longer some days, depending on traffic and lights, but it's mainly a truck route, so you don't have to deal with all of the yahoos that are running up to McCall for a party weekend. We felt safer, and it was nice to have a change of scenery. We'd arrive near McCall, usually around 3 p.m., sometimes stopping at a little store that used to be called Sisters, I believe, Two Sisters, I believe, but since has changed owners. There's great food in there, and sometimes we'd buy something fun for all of us to try for dinner. They had things like homemade lasagna, cheesecake, pierogies, sandwiches, and salads. We'd arrived in Mom and John's between 3 and 3.30. You never really knew what to expect when you walked in the door. I have a sense, although I can't recall exactly, that initially we were greeted more in the yard, which was more Mom's style if the weather was good, or at least at the door. As Mom's condition worsened, though, we would let ourselves in, trying not to make too much noise in case Mom was sleeping, and then after unpacking, assess the situation and see where we were needed. Unpacking with several loads, and then trying to coerce Duchess to go to the bathroom before we went in. If it was raining or snowing, that could be a challenge, as Duchess preferred snow to rain, but not my much. <laughs> and her way of ignoring you was just putting her little doggy ears back and trotting by you to the house. A lot of times, John would meet us outside and give us an update of how the last few days had been and what today was like. It changed constantly. Chris would generally finish unloading, and I'd go in to see Mom after a trip or two of hauling things from the car. Mom would usually be in bed taking a nap when we arrived, or on the couch holding and looking at old photos, cards from friends and family, and books or magazines. She treasured old photos and cards from friends and would go over them many times a day. She still does. You would find them later in interesting spots places that seemed to make sense to mom. She was always on top of house cleaning and believed that everything had its place. So between her and John, they are a very organized household. You would find pictures and cards and books on every flat surface on the floor. Part of when I did, what I did when we were hanging out with mom was go around and try to remember where she'd put everything and retrieve it when she wasn't looking. This is still occurring, but on a bigger level. The other day I was hanging out with mom at her assisted living apartment and she took my phone, wrapped it in a couple pieces of Kleenex, then put it in a shoe in her closet for safekeeping. Everything had its place. And I still try not to let her see me retrieving things. I don't want to disrespect or confuse her in any way. I made a note to myself, phone is in red shoe. And when she went to lunch, I unwrapped it and put it on the counter again. If mom was sleeping when we arrived, John would usually tell me she'd been asleep long enough and that I could go in and wake her up. When people have Alzheimer's, there are lots of surprises. John would tell me they talked about me arriving today maybe 50 times that day and still when I touched her arm and said her name, she was completely surprised to see me, sometimes saying, no, is this true? Can it be? What are you doing here? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And then she would do it all again when she saw Chris. 
if she was struggling that day and had been in bed crying for most of it, I'd go in first and try to cheer her up. If she was trying, but I could still tell that she was flat with not a lot of facial expression or just a look of faking it, I'd call in for backups and Chris and Duchess would come in. If Chris couldn't work his magic with his ukulele, Duchess and her little granny self could almost always cheer up mom. Animals are absolutely amazing at getting people out of their shells, smiling and talking. We're seeing this daily now at our assisted living residence and when mom was still home. Their dog Lily and our little Duchess were huge contributors to my mom's happiness. If mom was napping, we'd get her up, and a lot of times John would say he was going to run to McCall for groceries and a paper or a Stacy Cakes run. John really had to use his time wisely when we were there because it would be the only time all week that mom would be with someone and he could go off to run errands, do chores. Sometimes, a lot of times, I'd ask John if mom could have a snack if she hadn't had too much already, and I'd get her a bowl of Cheetos. Another favorite was cashews or two hard-boiled eggs with pesto. There was also the whole watermelon phase, but that was mostly as a dessert with or after dinner. I think we ate watermelon almost every day last summer because mom was so into it. It's a pretty fun memory. (laughs) Pretty awesome. She always oohed and awed about how delicious it was and how much she loved her watermelon. John would head off to the store and we would see how mom was acting and what sort of mood she was in and then act accordingly. If she was down, we would try to raise our energy to buoy her. Duchess would be out in the living room instead of snoozing on her bed. It was time to be of service. It seemed like she knew what to do. She would go to mom and look up at her with her big brown doughy eyes and then sometimes start licking her ankle and then when mom would reach for her ankle, she'd lick her hand and mom would laugh. Oh, Duchess, and then the Duchess questions would start. How old is she? Where did she come from? And at the start of the summer, it was, wait, wait, it was McPaws, wasn't it? And we'd relay the story and laugh about how mom had actually paid for Duchess's adoption fees before we even met her, and we had no idea of that when Chris said he would adopt her, that mom basically already had adopted her. You'd answer these questions a lot of times over the next couple days, and each time, like you hadn't been asked before. Sometimes I would sense that the questions might be coming, and I'd say, Yeah, Duchess is from McCall. In fact, you helped McPaws waive her adoption fee by prepaying it. Or, yeah, she's getting up there at 13 and a half. And then Mom would pet her and start talking to her. Duchess could usually at least get my mom talking if she was in a bad mental place, and she helped us so many times. I used to call her a little doggy angel because of how she was with all people, but especially my mom. If mom wanted something to drink with her snack at the beginning of summer, that was usually wine. I really think it helped numb some of the sadness. She didn't go crazy or drink too much, but sometimes we all kind of wondered if it was time for her to have any more, John usually saying maybe another half a glass. There were times during the summer that we'd be with mom in the morning and first thing she'd go to the fridge for wine and I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. But if it was still early, I think I was always able to redirect or she would lose that thought and we could go to orange juice like she's used to having for breakfast. We would sit with mom on the couch and talk to her about photos she was interested in, look at magazines, or try to watch a Dr. Pole show. 
She absolutely loves Dr. Pohl to the point that Chris made her a Dr. Pohl t-shirt, giving it to her after one of our trips, and she loved it. Dr. Pohl is a veterinarian from the Netherlands who now resides in Michigan, where mom is originally from, and he has amazing energy and love for all animals. Mom would pick up his style of speech at the beginning of the summer, saying, sweet, and then, who says that? And we'd say, Dr. Pohl? Dr. Pohl says that, and she'd say, oh, that's right. Towards the end of our time at home with mom, we would watch Dr. Pohl to try to get her into a better place mentally. It was more difficult towards the end of the summer to distract her with anything. TV had less meaning, but sometimes we could get her to sit and watch for half an hour, and it usually cheered her up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We had tons of fun over the summer. It was great being able to spend a large quantity of time with my mom, a lot of it outdoors, and make memories that I will forever cherish. Chris and I wanted to find a way to be more active at the house for any downtime and purchased a slack line on Amazon. John said we could attach it to a couple of trees at the front of their property, and it was so fun. It had two lines the one you would balance on, and then a little higher up, one that you could hold on to loosely as you traversed. Mom would come out and watch us, sitting on a ledge of pavers as we wobbly balanced on the line. We would tease and ask if she wanted to try next. We'd go out in the morning occasionally, and she'd watch from the window. It's funny because I remember as a kid loving when my mom would come watch me play soccer or softball, and she never missed a game. This felt the same. I loved that she was watching me do something fun that was active and outdoors like the old days. Another fun activity was hiking combined with a picnic. On one such excursion, John had a spot in mind that was up a long dirt road behind their house. John said that because the road was so potholed and rough in spots that we'd caravan behind him and mom and then leave our car at the base, all piling into John's old pickup. It's not the pickup that he had in Alaska, but it looks a lot like it. Similar looking model and also has a covered bed. What I hadn't realized initially was that we were all riding up the rest of the way in the back of the pickup. And even better, mom was going too. There were either blankets or a dog bed in the back and we all piled in. I think I sat on the hub with mom on the bed and Chris somewhere near the front. It was a bumpy ride, and John kept looking back to see if we were okay, and it was so much fun. What was cute, too, was if you looked forward, you'd see John's head and then another head, and that was Lily. Lily was sitting up there like a little human. It was really cute. I felt like I was a kid back in Juneau again. I used to ride in the back of my dad's pickup with my friend Randy and sing The Ants Go Marching In or 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. Those were simpler times and so much fun. 
My mom had a great time. This day may have had a rocky start, but it was turning into a good day. We had a lot of rocky starts when we stayed with mom and John on the, over the summer. Mom would sometimes wake up so upset, just down and sad. Sometimes she could express it, sometimes she couldn't, but we usually knew what it was about. She still knew that she was messing up words and forgetting things. This is something that has blown my mind unhappily throughout this whole process. As recently as just about two to three months ago, and still sometimes now, she is very much aware of how she's slipping. She knows that she can't come up with words, or there's word salad coming out of her mouth, and she'll say, what? No, that's not what I meant. It's crazy. I don't know why, but I always thought with, that with Alzheimer's and dementia, the patients didn't know. I thought that they thought they were acting normally, I guess, and she was so good with the English language and so polite that she could sometimes mask any issue, saying, I may have just said this, or stop me if I'm repeating myself. But if you knew mom, you knew that she was slipping and it wasn't masked for you. She was definitely repeating herself a lot. And she would go into a deep pit of sadness. She would tell us just to take her to the home. It was awful. Sometimes she would kind of pull me aside as a way to confide in me and tell me that she thought she was going crazy. I would reassure her as much as I could, but I never, ever reminded her of the Alzheimer's diagnosis. That word wasn't spoken in the house, and I felt like John's theory on that was not to bring up something that caused her so much grief, so I didn't. I haven't said that word out loud to her since she was diagnosed. Even today, I told her that I was doing a podcast about her, but I didn't tell her specifically about what. I thought maybe if she heard the word during a particularly lucid moment that she might put two and two together. I'm not sure. Not sure what I thought. But I guess I didn't want to take that chance that it upset her and made her sad. So we headed up the steepish incline to our walk and picnic destination. John found a place to park and we got out. Warm weather in McCall and we sprayed down with bug spray. We'd gotten eaten at a previous outing where we were hiking through the deep woods to a beautiful water feature that had giant boulders. It was great for rock scrambling and these rocks and boulders went on for miles. We walked for a bit and then came to a waterfall that went under the road. It was shaded and the rush of the water was inviting. We were isolated and alone and it was so fun. We found a rock or a stump to sit on, in the road basically, because nobody ever drives up there. We got our sandwiches, our drinks, our watermelon. We ate and talked for a couple of minutes and then heard a rumble. A couple of us stood up, and lo and behold, a car pulls up, right there in the road where our picnic was occurring. It was two women, and they were totally lost, having missed their turn, and did we know how to get out of there. John, luckily, knows the route because there are offshoots to the road, sometimes not much more than a single lane, and I would hate to tell someone the wrong direction. After they left, we finished our lunch and then walked around a bit, looking at the waterfall under the road, and then John, Chris, and I tag-teamed with Mom while we hiked up the hill on the opposite side to explore and get a close-up view of the waterfall. We walked a little bit further up the road with mom and then turned around and headed back to the car. 
We kept these walks shorter than mom had been used to her whole life because she had less energy and was a fall risk at times. Normally, she could go for literally miles and wouldn't be the one to want to call it. None of us minded, though. We were there to make mom memories, and we had. Plus, we had the ride back down in the pickup. The back of the pickup. I loved every single second. We had so much fun that summer. Pretty much every day was a new adventure of one kind or another. There was the time Chris and I kayaked a little river and John helped us offload onto a rock on the other side while Mom sat in the truck with Lily. The time we went to the top of Brundage with Mom on the chairlift and the times she kayaked. That was less than a year ago. There were so many adventures, so many that we're going to continue this episode in a part two, available next Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for episode number seven, coming next Saturday, from Love You, Mom, and Alzheimer's Story.